think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. She got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise, but we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. After a three-week break, we are here to give you the coverage you want and deserve, letting you in on the secrets of some prop bets we got going on this week, as well as everything you've missed in the last few. Make sure to check us out on TwitSit at End of Regulation, Instagram at End of Regulation, and new on the books, our Facebook page, End of Regulation Sports and Entertainment. <laughs> Plenty of stuff to keep you guys engaged as well as entertained, so make sure to throw us a follow as well as a like. Let's go ahead and meet tonight's cast. This host can recite every line from the 1978 classic Grease. Shakes, how we doing? <laughs> I'm great. Uh, I think the only line I can recite from that classic is, uh, you're the one that I want, and then, ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got that down, Pat, so good stuff. Next on the mic, secret fact about this host, it was lost in a, uh unreleased episode, but he was featured on Kids Bop 1, released in October 2001. Tommy Lasagna, how we doing, kid? It's good to be back, and uh, you can bet your ass I am a Kids Bop OG, and I can still to this day recite Smash Mouth's All-Star, word for word. Kids Bop alum. I, you don't it. meet many of those. Yeah, the alma mater. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfect. Lastly, on the mic, Mr. Conway Twitty. <laughs> no, just kidding. Harrison Grimes will not be joining us for tonight's episode. He is currently participating in a fox hunt in Millbrook, New York. So he's playing the role Godspeed, of brother. the fox. Good luck, kid. Yeah, he's, he's the fox. <laughs> I'm the host, Monsieur Mangus. Good, great, grand. Let's roll episode 18. Take a look at tonight's lineup. Obviously, we've got to talk a little bit about the World Cup. We missed the coverage there for you guys podcast-wise, but we filled you in all the way through on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'll break down the MLB All-Star break, everything that's going on there, prop bet-wise, who, who we've got as our favorites and who we think is going to take the cake. We'll talk a little bit about the ESPYs in our banner and buzzer beaters and just do some, you know, some good old-fashioned boy stuff. Just talk the talk. All right, boys. Let's dive into it. World Cup overview? Yeah. Um, exciting shit all around. I mean, it just every four years, America needs this reminder that football is a fucking awesome game. Uh, soccer, as we call it. Um, France did the damn thing. Uh, their first win in a long time. I think the last time uh, was 1998. And at the time, uh, their youngest superstar, Mbappe, uh, was not even alive. Uh, that that tournament was in September of 1998. He was born, or, you know, in the summer of 98. He was born in December of 98. So this dude was not even alive uh, the last time France won, which was not that fucking long he ago. Wasn't even a, he wasn't even a speck in his father's eye. Yeah, um, that's so the, pretty the craziest thing. Is that, like, that, that team was, like, one of the younger teams in the whole tournament. Um, and Mbappe, in my opinion, should have been the fucking the gold boot here. Um Obviously, I guess we'll get into the game a little more, but I wanted to give a quick shout-out to Luka Modric, who 
I called out in the beginning in our World Cup preview saying he was going to be the leader of this team and take them as far as they did. Uh, you also time, had Croatia going to the finals. Yeah, I mean, at the time it was me pulling, you know, pulling it out of my ass, and it turned out to come to fruition pretty nicely. So, so credit uh, to Tom. So, yeah, I know soccer. Soccer's uh, good. <laughs> well, we'll, get, uh, we'll obviously get into the final match, but I do want to just get a quick snapshot uh, of your guys' takes and feelings and opinions about the, to- the tournament in general. Uh, this you know this year's World Cup. I know there were some mixed reviews and opinions just because of the massive upsets. Some of the underdogs going all the way, like Croatia. Um, so wanted to kind of hear from you guys what you thought all the way up until you know Sunday uh, when we watched you know these two final teams duke it out. Um, obviously, the biggest upset of the entire thing was powerhouse Germany going out in the group stage. Uh, they took yeah, that, that fucked everyone. Took a swift L from our southern neighbors in Mexico. And then I can't even remember who they lost to um, again, but, you know, they were out from the get-go. So that was a shock. Um, there were teams, uh, you know, that were plenty surprising. Croatia, uh, obviously, is a surprise going all the way to the final, but it turns out they were a pretty fucking stout team. Um, I thought, uh, who was their, their guy? Um, Luka Modric, uh, golden boot winner, absolute stud. Uh, they also had... Um, Perisic, uh, that dude just impressed me the entire fucking tournament, uh, the winger for Croatia. Stud from beginning to yeah, end. Yeah, I mean, literally every bit of their from offense. From beginning to end, he was fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Every bit of their offense was going through him. Um, I love the way that they played. I won't stay on them for too awful long. There's plenty to talk about. Uh, they just threw balls over the top, um, lots of one touches to him, like in the box. Pretty impressive stuff all around from him, and then plenty of goals also. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to talk about everyone. I mean, so many stories. England was plenty convinced that they were bringing the cup back home for the first time in fucking 50 years or something, and then, you know, they sort of choke uh, down the stretch there to Croatia. <laughs> Two to one, they lost in the semis, and then, you know, France took out Belgium 1-0 to, to make it that France-Croatia matchup, Tom. Yeah, uh, I think that was a tight game that everybody was, at that point, I think everyone was pulling for Belgium just to see, you know, the upset. Um, but moving on to the final, I think what kind of really disappointed me the most was Croatia came into this sort of as like the beaten, battered dog, just having to play so many extra games, you know, dealing with more time, more injuries, fatigue, while France like more or less just kind of strolled in. And there were a few calls in the game. I'm not sitting here blaming the refs for it, but there were a few calls that it's like, you know, why isn't this going to replay or get checked out, um, including... You know, that PK, and then there was a few balls later in the game in, like, the 70th minute. Uh, I think one ball went out of bounds that was clearly a corner, and they awarded France a goal kick instead. Yeah, that was, like, the 74th minute. That was definitely Croatia's corner. I think that sort of, you could tell after that that it, it just, like, deflated them and they were done. They came out like gangbusters. I mean, the first, you know, I think, number one, I was clearly pulling for Croatia. Um, just not a French guy, period. Um, then number two, you know, you're talking about a country with only four million people, not a traditional power. It would have been a great story. They came out in the first 20 minutes of that game and completely ran the tempo offensively, moving the ball to the middle of the field, which is exactly what, where their power is, what they had to do. Um, it looked right. like it was Croatia's game. I think they had like six shots on goal before uh, France even, you know, really earned their first offensive look, which happened to be that uh, set piece that they ran 
dude hooked it in there perfectly off his left foot, and then, you know, they sort of took the, the little own, own goal header, you know, just kind of a fluke that happens, not not a true own, own goal, but it went off uh, the Croats' head into the goal, and then, you know, just like that, it went from Croatia's game to being down 1-0. That's not the first time I think it happened to Croatia. I think that happened multiple times to them, um, which, you know, you can't do that shit in a championship game. But, yeah, like you said, it was great for the first, like, 30 minutes until France was just like... But... After that, after that goal, though, like they they knocked in that set piece, and you know, just fucking seven minutes later, Croatia uh, Modric put one in off his left foot. Incredible goal, like through the traffic there, has snuck it in the bottom right side of the net, um, and then it was back to back to one one. From then, yeah, like you said, it it just sort of became France's game. I think the the bottom line is, you know, you said it, plain and simple. Uh, Croatia came out to play. They hustled the entire way through. I think there were some things that kind of, you know, shifted the momentum in the opposite direction for them, like the missed corner and some other calls. But I think just in regards to the the France national team, the fluidity and camaraderie that you saw come together on on that field, on that pitch, was, I thought, the reason they pulled home this W. Like, Croatia came out to play without a doubt, but they just weren't there. They weren't connecting when they needed to connect. And France, from beginning to end, just like – it just looked like it was dude that's exactly what i was about to say never stressed like never stressed like they were just out there yeah. like having like a scrimmage almost and and they ended up putting four in the back of the net I mean, which is like crazy ath- in a World athletically Cup they just looked like a bunch of you know thoroughbreds compared to the croatian team in general uh bigger stronger faster team smoother better pass you know just like everything was france's but at the same time like not to take anything away from what croatia brought to the table but just man once the game opened up Everything was going France's way, you know, uh, Mbappe got the goal, uh, and then, you know, later on they got the rebound that Pogba uh, just perfectly placed. He hit that finesse yeah, button, that right, right bumper. He hit the right <laughs> bumper and finessed it right in there with his left foot. And then after that, you know, uh, it was 3-1. Then it went to, I think, 4-1. Then it went to 4-2. But after that, you know, it was just a little bit late. But credit to Croatia. They put up a hell of a fight. It was a hell of a tournament. It was it was super entertaining. I'm excited that the final actually ended up to be four two. I thought it was going to be a blowout in the beginning. Uh, highest scoring final what? ever. Also, one of the the only person to score the only teenager to score in the World Cup final since Pele uh, in like 1958 or something is Mbappe. Yep. So that's pretty yeah. tall company right there to be in. Nice. Oh yeah, uh, Domagoj Vita. Cut your fucking hair. The I think he's like center back for Croatia, and this dude has the ugliest, grossest looking hair man bun combo I've ever seen. Just a mop. Uh, so please, please fucking scalp that shit. Wear a hat. Do something because you you look like a fool. Well, non sports related. Uh, during the final, I don't know if you guys caught it. I know you guys did, but <clears throat> those of you who are listening, um, there were three people who broke onto the field uh there were no streakers uh, unfortunately but they got onto the field and ran the pitch um they later were <clears throat> identified as the members of a band called pussy riot uh they're a female uh feminist band and uh they've just gotten sentenced to 15 days in the slammer for interrupting the world cup uh thought it was a little bit of a 
of a ridiculous move. They dressed up in, in basically military attire to make sure that they could gain access close enough to the field and then broke their way on. Wanted to hear your guys' thoughts before we roll into the MLB All-Star. Break. Yeah, so Pussy Riot, uh, for everyone out there, is like, uh, I don't know, like European feminist rock and roll fans like Juggalo movement, you know, like Pussy Riot makes shit like this happen all over the world. It's fucking weird. I don't really have an explanation. But yeah, uh, fuck these people. I wish they'd gotten tackled. Uh, Mbappe like gave them a high five <laughs> as they came on. I know. I was waiting for someone to throw a stiff arm out, but it never came. Well, um, I think this is the perfect time to just close out the World Cup segment. Let's do it. Roll straight into the MLB All-Star break, which will be the main honk of our, uh, of our podcast tonight. So it is currently 6.53, Monday, July 20, or sorry, July 16th. 2018 and we will be hosting here in Washington DC where I am recording from the uh, not just the entirety of the all-star break uh, but the home run derby tonight um, and so want to hear from you Tom kick it off uh, yeah thank you for prefacing that uh, it kicks off in like an hour or so so just bear with us and I guess hit us up on social media let us know how our predictions held up um, it's actually an interesting move this year it's the youngest field in the home run derby history uh which i think is a clear play at trying to draw you know like new faces to national tv uh but before we get into it i just want to say like i'm disgusted in everyone i'm talking jd martinez mike trout aaron judge stanton all you know all these big home run guys that are opting out of it like come on yeah like i i understand the swing thing but you're a professional like you're a designated hitter. It's your job to hit home runs and put on a fucking show in mid-July for if all those could, kids out there. If we could get... Just rope and dingers. If we could get Harper, Stanton, Judge, and uh, who's our boy? Fuck me. Uh, the Angels outfielder. Um, Mike, Mike Trout. Trout. Um, you, you know, we just... It would be so damn awesome. And, of course, Schwarber. I mean, he's a hell of a bat. If you could get, like, the best five hitters in the league or power batters in the league... And at one time, I mean, you know, take it back to the 90s, early thousands, all-star, you know, home run derbies. It would be awesome. As far as names, you know, just steroids in there too. star power goes, we're, we're suffering a little bit this year. But, like, underneath the fold, like, these guys have impressive numbers. So I know, the, like I said, the name star power isn't quite there. But it's going to be a hell of a derby. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, I mean, all bias aside, Aaron Judge, if you're listening, I don't care – if you're injured, what time it is, what's going on. If you're the reigning champion and you don't participate the following year, you're just a fucking asshole. Agreed. No bias, though. Oh, but, yeah, uh, no bias. So, anyways, I think T- it's definitely... Tommy Moneybags. Yeah. Do you want to kick us off with your derby prop bet before you roll into a rant about how much you hate Aaron Judge? Uh, so, there is, like, sort of the the most interesting prop bet is... You know, who's going to hit the farthest home run? And if you saw our post, uh, I think it was last Thursday, uh, we threw it up when everyone was announced, and you got Harper, Jose Aguiar, or sorry, Jesus Aguiar, Max Muncy, Freddie Freeman, Schwarber, Hoskins, Baez, Bregman. Um, In that order from, you know, Harper's the favorite to Bregman being dead last, uh, who's going to hit the biggest bomb? And... Well, as Brent just said, I I kind of am leaning towards Kyle Schwarber right now. Like this dude's a beast, and he's he's like he's built like that. I don't know. Like 
he's a perfect mix of like husky and athletic and i think he's just got that like power in him to just he's also fucking just rip one. a pure swinger of the bat like for as much power as schwarber can bring to the table like naturally um he's also just purely one of the best contact hitters in the game i see him and freddie freeman is very similar in that sense whereas you know the mike trouts mm-hmm. Stanton's Harpers of the world are, are true power bats. Freeman and Schwarber have bringing you know another facet to the plate, which is just being able to put the ball really in play like anywhere. So I like those two. You know, outside of a lot of my talk is going to be outside of Harper because pretty much everyone knows what he brings to the table. I do as far as as far as the longest ball. Schwarber has the highest ex- exit velocity on a homer of anyone in the field in this home run derby this year. I think he, he hit one out at like 107 miles an hour or something. Could be off on that. But he does have the hardest hit ball of anyone in the field. So you got to like his power there. Also, uh, Muncie, the Dodgers kid, has a 450-foot jack this year. So don't sleep on him. Woof. Yeah, how Muncy. far back do you think how th- how far back do you think Schwarber or Muncy can put something like uh, like this? I'm gonna say 473. Uh, I'm going to say 474. You, oh my god! <laughs> I'm gonna say 472. Okay, we'll see. I, Little, if uh, we're on the price is right, here. I just killed myself. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Never put literally. the first bet. Um, but anyways, well, uh, I guess looking at this, um, like I guess, I guess you know it's Harper's Derby to lose for sure, being at home uh, and being the only participant this year with any real experience. Uh, I think that's definitely going to play into his favor because with this new style of you know you get four minutes um, to hit time. as many as you can. What? Sorry, I couldn't hear you there for a second. Lost you there for a minute. Oh really? Sorry. Um, did, did you hear anything I said about Harper? No. No, but it was recording, so don't worry about it. Just start. Right. Where... Yeah. So, and, and one thing with this new, uh, you know, four minute, you know, as many homers as you can thing that they're doing is fatigue plays like a big role into the derby now, and that's why I think you're going to see the the larger guys like Freeman and Jesus Aguiar uh, sort of struggle as the ra- even their first round gets you know towards that two three minute mark. Um, Bregman. And Schwarber, I think, will be an interesting matchup just because uh, Bregman, I think his numbers are a little overinflated just because he's like a leadoff guy. Uh, he sees a lot of fastballs, uh, but, you know, he still can hit homers. Uh, will he hit them far? I doubt it. Uh, I like Schwarber. Um, but sort of, as you mentioned, this Javi Baez-Max Muncy could be a real battle. Um, just Javi Baez right now is probably the hottest hitter in baseball. Um, and Max Muncy's only had a, a limited sample size, but he's been pretty much the catalyst on their offense, and he's the reason the Dodgers are in first in the NL West right now. Uh, for sure. Um, also, wasn't Muncy uh, – he just got called up from AAA this year, like, and then he just stepped right yeah. in, and he's hit um, 22 fucking home runs. So being called up to hit 22 home runs – uh, you know, obviously established himself as one of the best bats in the whole NL. Um, also, man, looking at the Freeman-Harper matchup right off the bat, Freddie Freeman, I've got wearing his jersey right now. Go Braves. Um, first Brave since my fucking man, Andrew Jones, in 2005 to be in the home run derby. Although it looks like he's going to stick with tr- tradition drawing the tough Harper matchup. 
No Brave has ever made it out of the first round of the Derby. I would say that tradition continues tonight, and uh, Freeman's probably going to go out. In round one, like you said, I think uh, fatigue is going to be a huge issue specifically for him and Schwarber, uh, just sort of heavier guys, bigger guys, um, and I think they're going to flame out pretty soon. Well, with that being said, let's uh, let's go straight to picks. Tom, who do you have taking home the cake for the home run derby? Uh, I'm rolling with my man Javi Baez tonight. He's Like I said, he's just been heating up over the last month, and he leads the National League in RBIs. Um, and I think he just has a ton of raw power and a nice, small, compact swing, which is going to play into his, you know, the fatigue factor his hands pretty are well so for quick. him. I mean, that's, that's what it really comes down to is, like, he, he has the ability to turn, turn his hands over so much quicker than, like, these guys who are swinging with, you know, their whole body, their arms, which I, right. I really look, I, I look at Freeman and, and Schwarber as those kind of guys. And I, I think you're right. Like, Javi has a great chance. By the way, you just can't say enough about, like, what he's been able to bring to the plate this year after being always heralded in the last two or three years as, like, one of the most exciting young players in, in majors, but has been extremely inconsistent, like, both at the plate and in the field. This year, he's he's finally come into his own, uh, looking like you know an absolute stud. So, Javi's going to be tough. Well, who do you have uh, taken home the uh, victory at tonight's home run derby, Brian? I'm going with the Cinderella story, Monsi. Um, I think it would be amazing to see someone get called up into the majors and then win the you know uh, home run derby right off the bat, much like uh, Aaron Judge last year. Um, and he's also, you know, don't sleep on him. He's he's not going to get to Judge's rookie record, I think, of 52 homers last year. But, I mean, he's already at 22. He hasn't played the full season. Uh, so it would not be a shock whatsoever to see him get to 48 or 50. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go with him. I would love to see the, like I said, Cinderella story, young unknown uh, Dodger get it done. Yeah, I, I like that pick. But that's, if you remember last year, that's almost exactly what happened with Cody Bellinger. Uh, he came up like mid-season, and he was in the Derby. He did okay, but uh, I—I mean, you're right. I hope you're—I I hope he does do well. Who you Sorry, got? Gardner. I mean, who, you, who you like? Of, yeah, regardless of your uh, regardless of your spectism, um, I think I'm going to go ahead and agree with Brent here. Great minds think alike. I'm also nice. going to go ahead and pick Maxi. Um, I think for all the reasons that Brent has said, he's done an ins- outstanding job at helping the Dodgers regain that first place spot in the NL. So he's done some pretty impressive stuff. Putting up 22 this season as, as, a, as a rookie uh, speaks for itself. Uh, we could see a repeat, like Tom said, of last year. But, hey, man, you gotta you got to shoot your shot. So uh, Max Muncy's my pick. So we can go ahead and just transition straight into the MLB All-Star game itself. A little bit of a big dog versus little dog situation. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about how this is going to be a one-sided event. Um, you know, with a- the AL being clearly the powerhouse here. But let's hear you guys uh, speak on this. Yeah, Tom, you want to hit on the American League a little bit? Yeah, I mean, when you're looking at this on paper, this is one of the most star-studded and just powerful lineups I've seen in probably the last 10 years. Maybe ever. Honestly, like, maybe ever. If you look at it, it's got, like, you know, J.D. Martinez, Jose Ramirez, both leading baseball with homers. Mookie's not far behind. Stan's not far behind. Judge is not far behind. Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Altuve's reigning AL MVP. Like, I know, like, this is the point of an all-star game, 
but I don't think there's ever been such a, a lopsided difference, which is kind of crazy right now in the betting window because the AL is like minus like 120 and the NL is like plus 125. So they're slight favorites, but on paper, I, I just don't see it. Um, just listen to this AL roster quickly. Number one, shout out to the fucking trio of Jose's running the infield. I mean, this, this AL roster, Jose Abreu, Jose Altuve, Jose Ramirez, Manny Machado, Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, J.D. Martinez, like absolutely insane power. That outfield of Betts, Trout, and Judge, abs- I mean, again, all, the only word you can use is insane. And then, you know, you go look at uh, National League as far as, you know, that they, they obviously, they're all-stars. They're great players. Maybe we don't hear as much about them for the lack of star power, but you know, looking at the AL team and then looking at the NL team where it's like probably the best two players on the team are Freddie Freeman and Javi Baez. Uh, fucking Matt Kemp, uh, obviously Bryce Harper, no disrespect there. Matt Kemp is like 65 years old. I don't know how the fuck he has found, <laughs> yeah, right. found himself here. Uh, that, that to me is the biggest surprise of the entire MLB season, Matt Kemp being an all-star. Yeah, I mean, is there a way that you guys, uh, as avid baseball watchers, see the MLB being able to like equal the playing field, or is this just going to continue to be the next couple All Star breaks for as long as you know the Judges and the Martinez and the Stantons of the world? Unfortunately, are... it's probably going to get worse for the National League next year because Bryce Harper will be in the American League, and that's that's the NL's Tom, best player. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's not really so much like the NBA where they it was so one-sided they had to split it up and pick captains and pick teams. It's never going to get to that. Um, it's just it's one of those years, and I'm not counting out the NL right now, especially like Brent was saying earlier, some of these guys aren't you know big-ticket names, but a lot of them play in West Coast markets, which hurts their ratings because a majority of the casual baseball fans aren't going to stay up till you know, 11, 12 every night watching them play. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. Nolan Arenado, best third baseman in baseball. Um, Max Scherzer, their starter, is probably going to win Cy Young again. And, you know, they have arms like DeGrom, Aaron Nola. Like, there's just so many studs to to compete. And, you know, when you're on this big stage, um, you know, these, these pitchers really try and shine. And it's it's gonna be awesome, but I I'm not counting the NL out right now by any means. Dude, Max Scherzer, no matter the occasion, is much must watch baseball. There's there's yeah, honestly absolutely. few things more exciting in sports than like the camera just simply looking at fucking Max Scherzer's face. You know what I mean? Like that dude is is competition. He embodies competition. I can't wait to see him pitch. Uh, like Tom said, the NL I think what they bring to the table is. In, in this all-star game is their pitching rotation. Um, you know, he, he just mentioned they, they got Scherzer, they got DeGrom, they got John Lester, they got Aaron Nola. I mean, those are one through four right there in the National League ERA. That's pretty stout. And, um, I mean, it's been well established what the AL brings to the plate. But but I'm excited just to see the pitching matchups, really. It's going to be awesome TV. Tom, what do you have as a final score for this AL and NL matchup? Um, I... As much as everybody's been harping on these lineups, I really think 
it's going to be a pitcher's match tomorrow. I'm I'm probably looking at like five three AL. I'm going seven four AL. Nice. All right. Well, we'll make sure to uh, come back to those numbers and see how they uh, how they fared. Well, I think uh, if you guys have nothing more to say about the All Star break, we can go ahead and kind of wrap it up. I think we're all extremely excited to uh, watch it. We're you know trying to get this wrapped up tonight so we can watch the home run derby. Um, excited to see the NL and AL go head to head. I think what I'm most interested in is to see if they get these players mic'd up. Uh, during the game, we've seen a lot of it in other sports and other broadcasts. Net, you know, different networks use this. Um, it's a huge highlight uh, for the fans, and it's obviously well loved by the fans to hear what's going on inside these guys' heads and to hear them, you know, talk a little smack to each other and joke around is always, uh, you know, is always a plus in my book. So I'm hoping that they get all these guys mic'd up so that we can hear some good stuff. But uh, this is the perfect time to go into a little bit of a banner segment because uh, we'll kind of just talk shit and uh, lay it out for you. So first on the uh, agenda here is the ESPYs. Yes, please. Yay. So, Tom, take it away. Um, I guess just really quickly, it's it marks the saddest day of the year in all of sports because they always host the ESPYs when, like, no major sports are playing so everybody can go, which is like, kind of cool to be at the ESPYs. But as a sports fan, like, kind of sucks. Yeah, as a sports um, fan, I'd rather just watch a fucking game. So, is the categories that we have here. Uh, I thought I saw Danica Patrick is hosting, I want to oh, say. Oh, yeah, I think that's right. Oh, yeah, Peyton hosted last year, right? That's when he made the uh, sick burn on Kevin Durant. I yeah. hope I hope Danica Patrick wears her GoDaddy outfit as her host. I hope she wears yeah, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> So the, the topics or the categories that we have are best play, uh, best team or championship, best record-breaking performance. So we'll go over those right now. Uh, first up, best plays. All right. We have the Philly special, the Stefan Diggs touchdown catch in the NFC divisional round uh, as time expired, and Bale and or Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo's bicycle kick. Brent? It's always tough uh, just to pick any of these, you know, like the whole recency bias thing. You know, everything Philly did in their championship run was awesome. I've just today I've looked up highlight videos of both uh, the, the Bale and Ronaldo bicycle kicks. But to me, uh, in the moment, there was absolutely nothing more outrageous and more erupting, I would say, both in the stadium in Minneapolis and fucking, you know, sea to shining sea in every home of America than the Stefan Diggs TD catch as time expired. Uh, one of the sickest plays I've seen in the last five to ten years, period. Uh, the Philly special is going to live on in fucking infamy just because of the name and, you know, quarterback catching a touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. But, man, Diggs, that's got my vote. Tom, what are you thinking? Uh, well, we all know where I stand on the Philly special. Um, <laughs> Let's hear about it. Who, who was that play made against, Tom? Do you know? Uh, that would be the New England Patriots. Yeah, fuck you. Yeah, so uh, just out of pure spite so, and yeah. hatred, I'm not going with that. And, yeah, that, that play was awesome. But with all the new World Cup shit going on, I've refound my love for soccer and my appreciation for like the, the dynamics and the physics that go into these fucking bicycle kicks. So for that, I'm going with Gareth Bale and his bicycle kick. 
Also, nice. Nick Foles is a loser. <laughs> what you got, Gardner? Nice. Well, um, I think with the Bale and the Ronaldo bicycle kick, seeing stuff like that is wildly impressive. There, there's no doubt about that. The physics that goes behind it, uh, the sheer, you know the sheer athleticism. But the bottom line is, you see Ronaldo and Bale pull crazy stuff like this all the time. It, it's kind of you know something you see on the regular when you see standouts like Bale and Ronaldo. I think obviously Diggs is a big name, uh, but for the moment that he pulled off that catch, I think that's where my answer lies is, is Stefan Diggs with the with his catch. Um, you know, the Philly special is great. I always love to see Boston sports lose, but, um, you know, I, I hate Philly too, so it wasn't really a win for me. Yeah, I bet you're well-versed on seeing Boston sports lose on bullshit plays in the last minute of the game, huh? Yeah, yeah. I bet you course, know all about well. that, you fucking giant fan. Best team slash championship before Tom goes. Uh... <laughs> yeah, keep poking the bear. Keep poking the bear. Yeah, yeah. We'll All keep right, moving on. The bear. Moving on. Best team and championship. Right off the bat, Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles taking down the New England Patriots, the Houston Astros, and finally the Washington Capitals. Most recently, what are we thinking, boys? Brent, I'll let you start us off. Um, I would say that. Man, I would say that the actual like award is going to go to the Eagles, but just me uh, and my bias, uh, my favorite championship was definitely the Capitals. Um, out of the three listed, I don't give a single fuck about the Astros. Um, I know Altuve, everything they did last year was amazing. Everything Philly did was awesome, um, and that, that's probably going to get the award. But to me, the Capitals run just again and again. You know, We talked about this back when it happened, but sort of makes it even more special to me that this was the year, like the first year in seven years that no one expected the Caps to do anything really in the playoffs. And then, you know, they just come out and, and Ovian, Ovian squad, Trots, just get it fucking done. So that's, that's my best team championship right there. Go Caps. Tom, what are you thinking? Uh, I am going to contradict Brent here and go with the Houston Astros. Um, I, know, I know it was a while ago. And, you know, right now, since we're back in baseball, people are sort of past it. But they, you know, they swept the Red Sox. They took New York to seven games. They took fucking the Dodgers in the championship to seven games. And just, like, the fashion, the way they were able to pull it off was just incredible. Um, and, and, you know, it, it sort of put Houston on the map for a long, long time to come. Happy to see Justin Verlander get a ring. Also, don't forget um, so, that they had you know the natural disaster. Actually, it, it, you know what? That could swing the SB votes from Philly, in my I, opinion, uh, to Houston. I'll, I'll quickly hop in, not to cut you off, Tom, and I'll let you finish, but I, I was going to mention that I was going to agree with Tom to a certain degree about the Astros, and I think not so much as like, the best team or the championship, but more the story behind exactly. the team in the championship and bringing home that victory after Harvey just completely destroyed uh, you know, Texas, and and so here you are with a team that's bringing home something for the team, you know, for the team. Sorry, for the city to be proud of, for for the city to cheer about. But honestly, I I think, uh, you know, for me, it's the Washington Capitals. It's it's the category is best team and best championship, and this is honestly the best team and the best championship that I've seen out of these three. Um, you know. It's going to obviously be disputed, but what they did, what Kunetsov and, and Trotz and Ovi and Backstrom uh, and Wilson did, just all these guys that have been pushing so hard for years to make this happen, 
you know, it all kind of fi- finally came into fruition. So I, I think that's that's for me uh, my pick. If, Washington. If there was I'll, a, I'll let you finish, Tom. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Uh, no, I mean you pretty much covered it. I I just I wanted to hit on that. You know, I think the the national disaster, natural disaster will play a big part into it. And I think that's what makes the story so cool is seeing the team rally around it because you sort of saw the same thing in 2013 uh, after the Boston Marathon bombing. David Ortiz came out and, like, had this, like, really, like, badass speech. And, you know, push comes to shove. A few months later, the Red Sox win the World Series. So I think yeah. it's another one of those great, like, sports stories that, and, you know, that's why they're going to win. But if the ESPYs had a category for best fucking celebration, it would absolutely go to the Capitals and specifically um, Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah, yeah. That, that dude is probably still partying. If I'm being honest, he's going <laughs> to miss the ESPYs. Well, did you see? Did you see the video of TJ Oshie teeing up today? Um, came off of the tee box, threw his hat off, put his shirt over his face, and chugged a beer. He was, I think, it was for some tournament or a charity, but. Just still living life Just to the fullest. Hockey guys, thing. still chilling. Yeah. Well, uh, last category: best record-breaking performance. Um, Aaron Judge with a 52 home run uh, rookie season. We mentioned that previously. Uh, number 16 UMBC upsetting number one UVA in March Madness. Crazy to think about. I remember talking about this uh, with all of you guys. And then lastly. Uh, you guys are going to have to help me with the pronunciation of her name, but uh, Diana Taurasi. That's right. Yeah. It. Awesome. First WNBA player to hit 1,000 career threes. So, Brent, grab the mic. Let's hear from you. Um, I think you know which one I won't be choosing, and that's <laughs> that's the 1,000 career threes. No offense, <laughs> Diana Taurasi. Um, but uh, to me, it's all about A and B. You got Judge's 52 home run rookie season. And then fucking University of Maryland, Baltimore County. I just cannot say those words enough. To golden make, Retrievers, yeah, baby. The, literally, like, <laughs> fucking A. The Golden Retrievers upsetting number one UVA uh, in March Madness. I think if, if I had to pick, I would pick that one. Uh, it's never been done. Obviously, neither had judges 52 home runs. But, you know, people have been waiting a long time to see that 16 seed. Uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, I'm going to have to pay my respect here to Diana Taurasi. I would probably go with this. I think Judge's record isn't going to stay for too long uh, with the way people are now looking at statistics and how they approach hitting. There's going to be another monster that comes out, and he'll probably hit 55, Some, I don't know. Uh, the March Madness was cool to see, but I, I don't think you're giving this chick enough credit for hitting a 1,000 career three-pointers. I'm definitely not giving her enough credit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's. I mean, she's nasty, and a lot of people call her, you know, like one of the, the Jordan of the WNBA, so to speak. Um, so, you know, props to her. Keep balling. Uh, she's got my vote. Who does she play for, Tom? Well, uh, WNBA team. <laughs> I, think the Lynx, I think the Lynx. The Lynx. Thank you. Let's hold on. I'm gonna look well, this up right now. Yeah, let's. While Tom looks that up, I'll give you my pick. Uh, my pick lies at B with uh, number 16 fuck. UMBC Golden Retrievers. Uh, Brent said it. Uh, thank you. Best. This was just. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, this was just a crazy upset to watch. Obviously, you see a plethora of upsets that occur in March Madness year after year, but this was just like to see UVA just so depleted and so upset was 
was warming to me. Uh, as sadistic as it's not sadistic as uh, no, that's a pretty good word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that works. Keep going. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's that's where I lie. UMBC beating the UVA. Tom, who does uh, Diana play for? She plays for the Mercury. And is that the Phoenix uh, she, Mercury? Yes, oh, and nice. I nailed it. she she has a pretty nice. hot wife. I'm not gonna lie. What? Yeah, she ain't bad. You should you should slide into the DMs. Yeah, Bucks. I don't think I don't Go think they'll like me in there. Well, um, I got a question for you guys. Now that we've kind of wrapped up the uh, sports part of the podcast, uh, I'm sure this is going to be very relevant. Let's hear it. If a tr- if a transformer were real, do you think that they would buy health insurance or car insurance? Hmm. <laughs> wow. Brain twister. I- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a brain buster, as a uh, Billy Madison calls it. I am. I'm going with car insurance, man. They got to have car insurance. Get yeah, off the see, fucking road, if not. I think, but they are. I, I think car, cars. I true, but but here's the thing: if you say that they need to buy health insurance, you're saying that artificial intelligence also needs to start being provided. You know, health insurance. So. I think we draw the line at car insurance so that we don't kind of go into murky waters and start giving Zuckerberg and all of his robots health insurance. You mean Zuckerberg Whoa. and his fellow robots? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his fellow robots. Meats, just cooking meats. <laughs> Lots of meats. Uh, I was once a human too, quote-unquote, Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. I would be upset if I was a human. I, I am human. <laughs> sure don't forget are, that. Don't forget that. Um, all right, well, we might as well just keep on rolling with it. I mean yeah. – would you guys rather just have to eat a bowl of shit once or have explosive diarrhea every time you use the bathroom? Um, how big is the shit that I have to eat? Standard bowl, like, a, you know, a small bowl of pasta. How explosive is my diarrhea? Is my butthole going to burn on fire or am I just going to splat it? No, there's no, like, dire health uh, repercussions. All right, I'm going just... diarrhea. Will I, will I Actually, be, if it's Monet Weir shit, I'm going with the bowl of shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I'm probably just going to take the diarrhea pending. I am like fully reimbursed through health benefits for all of the toilet paper I have to go through. I feel like that's like a, you're going to need nah. some quality TP. I can't have no yeah. like college dorm single ply bullshit. I need the good you're stuff. Gonna be, you're going to be needing a, like a, a sponsorship. From Charmin, you right, I, yeah. I'm, I, I'm on. I'm honestly, pour, I'm on. Pour the me John up another so one of them shit balls that Brent's eating. Then I'll take. Bro, it. I'm on the John. I'm on the John so much that I'm going with a, a bowl of shit just once. You can't. Honestly, you can't man. imagine shitting any more than you already do. Dude, honestly, it would just be. Oh God! All right. Well, All right, there you uh, have it, wait. Folks. If Monet Weir, if you're listening, if you're listening, I'll eat your shit. God, I try not to laugh at these hey, things. Tommy, but... would you rather be hairy everywhere and never be able to shave or have absolutely no hair? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I got friends on both ends of that spectrum. <laughs> um, I enjoy the happy medium, but I would probably take uh, absolutely no hair. I'd rather just be oh. bald as a Bald as a bat. A naked, a naked mole rat. rat. Yeah, straight up, strongly disagree here. Um, if I think, if the Austin Powers movies taught me anything, it's that chicks do dig hair, 
and I'm going in with the hair. 60s. Hair everywhere. Very shagadelic. Hairy, Very like animal. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going hair everywhere. I'm pretty hairy already, and uh, I'm good with it. Bad. I think being a hairless cretin would be a, a bit of a <laughs> well, sight for people. It's, it's funny that you brought up Austin Powers, because when I think of hairy everywhere, the first thing I think of is Fat Bastard. In his little like sumo kit and just like covered in orange, <laughs> gross hair. He um, is. He is a disgusting it. fat bastard, isn't he? So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's where he got his name. Shit. Well, I think that's it for us tonight. Unless you boys have anything else to add, I've got a buzzer beater. <clears throat> Make sure to go and check out. Sorry to bother you. New movie that is out. Amazing stuff. Cinematography is on point. The whole plot is incredible. Uh, enjoyed it from beginning to end. I believe it has like a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. So Rotten Tomatoes never steers you wrong. Tom, what do you got for us? Uh, I know we kind of hit on it in last week's episode, which resulted in technical difficulties. Uh, but everyone knows that the Beebs is engaged now. So uh, oh, Selena Gomez, Selena, if you're listening, sup, girl? Tom will Sup. eat your poo. Sup. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will not I will not delve that far for you, but I'll go to great extents just to say hello. Well, how are you? <laughs> hey, hey, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Brent? Um, you want to finish us off? Yeah, so... Uh, it's, it's about getting off. It is about getting off. Let's we're about get to get off. Don't worry. I already did once, but we're about to get off for good. Um, um, we've been on as... Gardner said all the way at the beginning of the episode we took a little sabbatical we had to find ourselves religiously and spiritually but we are back and in that time frame uh, my very fucking favorite musician alive today one Lord Isaac Brock of Modest Mouse fame he had a birthday exactly one week ago today so happy birthday Isaac I'm about to play some of your shit on the way out the door uh, July 9th don't ever fucking forget it see you boys later peace Get